All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, church. Great to see everyone. Welcome to Lifeway Church. It's great to see the ministries of San Gabriel and Glendale come together. It's great to see you. If you're visiting with us this morning, you are a special guest. We look forward to meeting you. And I hope you feel uh, that you are with family. We are the family of God. I hope you feel welcome. Uh, One quick announcement. Next Sunday is going to be a very special Sunday. Uh, Actually, once a year, all Spanish ministries get together for their congregational service. Servicio Congregacional en Español is going to be next Sunday, February 3rd, in Gabrielino High School. It's going to be right here in Gabrielino High School, so... uh, If you're part of the Spanish ministry, if you've been longing to be part of the Spanish ministry, if you're just dreaming about it, come join us for our service. And then also the English ministry is going to be here uh, worshiping at 10 o'clock right here in Glendale. But it's going to be a great time celebrating together. Please turn your Bibles to uh, Matthew 28. My name is Jose Fong, one of the ministers here. And along with my wife, Adriana, we serve the Spanish ministry right here in Glendale. And uh, as you get to Matthew 28, we're going to start reading in verse 16. Uh, the theme that we have for this year is go and make disciples. And uh, Raphael, our lead evangelist, spoke about uh, the idea of go last Wednesday. And today I'll be speaking uh, under the idea of make disciples. That will be the title for my lesson. You know, this year I turned 25 years After I made the decision to follow Christ and I was baptized, 25 years, right? Amen. Uh, thank, you for, thank you for the encouragement. You know, I remember being a campus student, maybe sitting right there, like the, the campus ministry. And I, was, I, I remember listening to somebody speaking here and saying, I've been a Christian for 25 years. And I'm like, man, that's like way, 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 way out there, right? I was like a year or two or three as a Christian. And now to be here 25 years, I can't believe it. I mean, the Lord has been very merciful, and my wife too. Uh, but the Lord has been very, very merciful with me. So um, Matthew 28 was one of those scriptures that I was first taught. It's one of those first scriptures that I saw when I started my journey to learn about what it meant to have a relationship with God. It was definitely a starting point for me. And I think that it was a starting point for many of us right here. So before we get started reading the verses in Matthew 28, would you please join me in a word of prayer? Please join me. God, uh, we just want to say thank you once again. And uh, we are so encouraged by everything that we've been able to hear this morning. And uh, our heart goes out for... Uh, For Terry and Elizabeth and Leslie, we want to pray for them again, and I pray for that miracle to happen. I pray for us as a family to rally around them, to encourage them. And, and God, I, as we come here, God, we, we are carrying so much. I mean, we, we need to be here. This is a good place for us to be because we want to hear you. And, uh, God, I just pray for this moment that will be a, a moment that we, that we really want to listen to you. Uh, speak through the scriptures, and I pray, I pray for myself, God, I pray that I get out of the way, because I want you to speak, and I pray that as we uh, walk out of here, I pray that we, we walk out with a resolve, I, I pray that we walk out with a decision being made 
to draw closer to you, to obey you, to follow you. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Matthew 28, verse 16, he says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. See, the context uh, here as you read, and many of us know this story, but it's good to remember, uh, is the end of the book of Matthew, the gospel that narrates the life of Jesus. And uh, this must have been a very dramatic time in the life of those 11 disciples. You know, a few weeks before this time, uh, Jesus was predicting his death, and he was talking about his departure. Just imagine uh, spending time with a friend for a long time, and then your friend is saying that he's leaving. And uh, they experienced the Last Supper, then the betrayal, and then the crucifixion, and the resurrection. And wow, I mean, it must have been certainly what a, a dramatic time of highs and lows in their lives. We can just imagine the air of expectation when this happened. Uh, this scripture speaks to us today as well. Uh, after we have acknowledged Jesus' teachings and we have seen his example and his love for God and his love for me, his sacrifice, we, we also have an expectation. What else? What's next, God? And this is where we get to read about this verse. Uh, point number one, Jesus wants disciples. Jesus wants disciples. These are Jesus' last words before ascending to heaven. His last words before leaving those who he poured his life into. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go. Go into all nations. Baptize and teach. And surely I'm with you always. But be sure of this. Make disciples. His vision his desire, his plan was and is for disciples to be made all around the world. Amen, church? That's his vision. That's his plan. Maybe at this point uh, you don't know what a disciple is, and it will be important to, uh, to clarify that. Maybe, maybe you're starting on your journey. Maybe you're visiting. Maybe you are inquiring, what is it? Maybe this is your first time at church. Welcome again. It is important to understand what a disciple is. The essential meaning of the word disciple is follower. That is the essential meaning of the word. Other, other words are there, imitator, pupil, student. A disciple of Jesus is someone who is a follower of? Wow, awesome. It is not very complicated, right? And it is amazing to me how complicated I make it in my own life. But a disciple of Jesus is someone who is a follower of Jesus, is an imitator of Jesus, is a student of Jesus. It's not really very complex. And the goal of a disciple is to be more and more like 
Jesus. That's the goal. That's the goal that every disciple should have. Meaning that Jesus' priorities are going to be now my priorities. Right? It means that Jesus' way of life is now going to be my way of life. Amen, church? It means that the way that he loved people now is going to be the way that I love people. The way that he walked with the Father is going to be the way that I now walk with the Father. The way that he forgave is going to be now the way that I'm going to forgive. The way that he sacrificed is the way that I am now going to be sacrificing. The way that he obeyed is going to be now the way that I obey. The way that he committed himself to God's people, also know the kingdom, also know the church, is now going to be the way that I commit to God's people. His mission is my mission. His dream is my dream. His goal is my goal. And you might say, well, that's, uh, that's impossible. You know, I remember uh, reading the verses that talked about this lifestyle and telling myself, uh, this is impossible. I mean, who can do this? Well, yes, it is impossible if you do it without Jesus. Yes, it is impossible if you do it without others. You might say, well, that is a high standard. I mean, will you agree with me? I mean, the standard of Jesus is a high standard. Can you raise your hand? Can, can you and I agree that that standard is high? Well, for sure it is. There's nothing like it in the whole world. And the world is desperate for a high standard. I mean, maybe that's why, that's the reason why you're here, because you're tired of it. You're tired of it. It's all around us. And you're desperate for the truth. You're desperate and longing for that true purpose in your life. And Jesus is here to offer that for every single one of us. Jesus wants followers. And it might be very simple. It might be very obvious. But let me share with you a few things that maybe will help us clarify. Because I want this to be clear. You know, he wants followers, not just believers. And I'm using the watered-down version of the word believers because the word believer in the Bible means all in. But today the word believer means that, yeah, sure, I, 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 I believe in it. Man, I, I agree. I, I'm with you, man. I, I'm, you know, I'm not against you. I'm with you. But it's just, mo- just so much more than just intellectual acknowledgement, right? It's not simply being in agreement. It's not simply feeling good about the message. But it's, it means that you're all in. Jesus wants followers, not just converts. Amen. Conversion is great, amen. I mean, I'm just very thankful to have been converted. I needed a conversion. I mean, I remember uh, sharing with my parents, my family, that I became a Christian. And part of what they say is that they washed my head. Me lavaron el coco. It's in Spanish, right? Have you ever heard that? 
It's like coco, coco is like the coconut head. Lavado mean wash. They, they wash my coconut, right? And I remember it's like, you, you got brainwashed. And you know what? I needed it. Conversion is great. You know what? I'm safe. I'm forgiven. I was baptized. But a follower goes beyond conversion. It's like having a child that never wants to leave the home. I mean, can you imagine that? Having a child and saying, you know what? I'm staying here. It's like, son, I mean, daughter, I, I train you to go out there, to do great things, to, to change their world. No, I just want to stay here. I just... I am just happy that I have a home and I'm here. You know, being a follower of Jesus is beyond conversion. Jesus wants followers, not just members. I mean, I am grateful that I'm a member of the body of Christ. But being a, mem- being a, a, a disciple, being a follower is beyond just membership. You know what? I, I love being a member of Costco. I do. I mean, I love their prices. I do. I do. I love, I love the privilege that I have as a member. But I tell you what, if I see a cart that is kind of like in the middle of the way of somebody else's cart, like, if I can, I'm going to try to move it because I want to be a good Christian, right? But you better believe that I'm not going to be going around the parking lot moving carts, Right? But I'm a member. And you know what? I love shopping inside of Costco. And, and every once in a while, there's a spill. I've seen it. And it's not that I go, wait, 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 people. Don't step in here because there's a spill. No, I let someone else do it for me. Because I'm just a member. And so, Jesus' disciples are not just members. Membership is great. We enjoy privileges. We enjoy blessings. But it's Way more than just membership is followership. So I want to take a moment to check your pulse. Check your pulse. Check your pulse. Jesus has issued the call to be a disciple. Where are you in that? I mean, when I was called to be a disciple, it was amazing. I mean, I was scared. I mean, I've never done that in my life, but I, what an honor it was for me. To understand that Jesus saw me worthy of being called. And worthy of me following him. It was very special to me. And I ask you. Is it special that you bear the name of being a disciple of Jesus Christ? I didn't hear many amens. So I'm going to give you one more chance. Is it an honor? Is it special to you? That you bear the name of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Yes. It ought to be. It ought to be. It needs to be. Every single day. I mean, we might have many identities. We might be parents. We might be family members. We might have a job. We might have a career. We might have a student. But above it all, above it all, the identity that represents us first is one of a disciple of Jesus Christ. Not just a member. Not just someone who wants to be converted, but one that thoroughly follows. Point number two, disciples of Christ 
are made. I want to bring your attention to the word make in ch- on verse 19 of, of uh, the verse that we read. You know, in my Bible study, I was looking for the Greek translation of the word uh, make. You know, this is something that us preachers, we do. And uh, we, you know, we try to go to the original language to see what's going on, you know. And I was trying to look for this word make. Make. How far can I go in my understanding, in my learning of the word make? And guess what? The translation in the Greek for the word make is not even there. It's all right. It's all right. See, the reason is that in the Greek, and you need to know this to, to, to you know, have a relationship with God. This is just extra, right? This is a good Bible study for my scholars out there. But in the Greek, the verb make is contained in the word disciple. And for me, this is amazing because I've seen these scriptures for many, many, many years. And I thought I knew everything about it. And I'm learning more. See, the most simple analogy that I thought of is the use of the word text for, to, for us. See, years ago, the word text meant just a string of letters, right? But today, because of the advent of cell phones and technology, the word text is not only a noun, but also a verb. So we say things like texting, or I texted, or I text. So if you were to go back 10 years ago, 20 years ago, they would have corrected you, maybe. Because there was not such technology at a time to be able to use the word in such a way. In other words, the text, this text that we are reading, I know it's coincidental that I'm using the word text, but now I mean this, the text here. In other words, it could read, go and disciple all nations. And the understanding will be that in saying disciple all nations, we will be making disciples of all nations. And that for me, it is very profound. This is the only time that this word is used in this way. And just a very few Bible translations translated in this way. Most translations use make disciple, make disciple. And that is fine. We can understand it. But it means that the very word disciple contains the principle of making. In other words, there's a process, there's an effort, there's a deliberate intention in the making of a disciple. In other words, a disciple is not created by spontaneous generation. Have you guys heard of spontaneous generation? To all my biology students, spontaneous generation? Uh Uh-oh. Okay, I'm going to explain to you what spontaneous generation is. It's amazing. This is the belief that living matter came from non-living matter. And that is impossible. Only with God can spontaneous generation happen. But can you believe that this is a belief that was held for 2,000 years? And it was not until Louis Pasteur proved that that was not possible. And sometimes we can think that a disciple is created by spontaneous generation. We can believe that just listening to sermons can make a disciple. 
And just listening to sermons is not going to make, it's not enough to make a disciple. We can believe that just reading the Bible is not enough to make a disciple. What? Just reading the Bible is not enough to make a disciple. Just attending church is not enough to make a disciple. Just being part of a small group is not enough to make a disciple. Now, all those things are awesome. I mean, don't go out and share with your friends and say, you know, the pastor told me that I don't need to read my Bible, attend church, and listen to certain. No, that is not what I said. All right, amen? You're with me, right? I'm saying that this is not enough. I think that 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8 expresses it in a beautiful way. So if you could please... Turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. You with me, church? We're talking about make disciples. Jesus wants disciples. Disciples of Christ are made. Verse 8 says, says, we love you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. Jesus came not only to preach and share and instruct the good news, but he had the deliberate intention to transform lives of the men that were in his life. That's how an old Peter goes from being old Peter to the new Peter. And that's how, that's how a doubting Thomas goes from be, being a doubting Thomas into the new Thomas. And Philip goes from being the old Philip to the new Philip. And Nicodemus and Zacchaeus and Martha and all the examples that we read in the gospel. He shared the gospel and shared his life. You and I are here because someone... Someone, someone cared enough to obey God and follow his plan. Amen, church? You and I are here because someone cared enough to love you just like Jesus loved him or her. You and I are here because he had enough, that person had enough faith. To see you become something that you were not at the time. You know, I'm thankful for so many people that helped me become and be made a disciple. And this process is not over. I'm still, I'm still in the process. And all of us are still in the process from conversion and beyond. But I, I'm grateful for, for people like Patrick Rainey, one of the singles here in the, in the English ministry. He was the first brother that sat with me and studied the Bible, and I appreciate the courage. It was just him and I. When I was 19 years old, at, I know, I know, I, look, I still look 19, I'm sure. <laughs> but it was 19 years old at the Pasadena City College campus. Those are my roots, right? And he sat with me, and he, and we did a study about the Word of God. I am grateful for brothers like Rajiv, who is, his, where's Rajiv? Rajiv, raise your hand right here. Rajiv, he, he was part of my training and the, and the, and the, uh, and the process of me be maturing in Christ. Uh, Rajiv is a very close friend, and he was, he, he was here, converted here. 
went to uh, Lighthouse, right? And he's been around, but now he's back in Lighthouse. Welcome back, bro, and your family. But I'm thankful for him. People like, you know, Raphael Lou and John Agassin and Reese Nealon that have been there helping me. I was arrogant and prideful and insecure and lustful and impure and angry and anxious and impure. Did I mention that? Uh, do you think that this transformation happened with me sitting at home, just listening to sermons? you think that this just happened coming to church? I mean, I think that all of us that have been in this journey would agree. Disciples are made. Amen, church? Where would you be if it wasn't for all these people? Where would you be? Where would you be? Without the faces, the relationships, the conversations, the talks. We need each other so desperately. So let me take a moment and check your pulse. Can you check your pulse? Check your pulse. Are you here? It's because being a disciple means that you're fully and completely intentional. There's intentionality. Not only your identity every day. Beyond just being a member of your family, going to your place of work, following your career, your dreams and your goal. Not only your identity first is being a disciple of Jesus Christ, but guess what? Our priority, our intention, our intentionality is to make other disciples. And this changes the panorama of everywhere that we go. So our places of work our places of study, even our own homes, are places where we are making disciples. And I believe that sometimes we can just think that being a disciple is just like turning it on, on and off. You know, turning it on and off. So I come to church. Okay, turn it on. Go home. Turn it off. Come to church. Turn it on. Go to school. Well, maybe let me think. I'll turn it on today. You know, I was talking about this with my wife. And uh, if you've been married for any period of time, you realize that some conversations are very life-changing, to say the least. Amen. And we were talking about this. And we were talking about me. It seems, I mean, that's a good topic of conversation almost every time we speak between my wife and I. Me. And we were talking, hey, you know, at church and with the brothers, and when you're helping other people, you're like faithful and happy and excited. But when you come home, uh uh-oh, when you come home, something happens. And I had to be honest with my wife, you know, I mean, when I come home, I put my guard down. And I let my sin, you know what, when I put my guard down, my sinful nature wants to come out. But I forget that when I come home, I'm also making disciples. I have a little one that is 12 years old. And you know how it goes with our children, right? They learn more from what they see, from what they hear. And so, disciples are made. And if you are a disciple... It's embedded in your call that you are constantly making disciples. 
So where are you? Where are you in that? Last point. Disciple make other disciples. Disciple make other disciples. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Are you with me, church? Have you ever been asked to do something that you did not know how to do? I mean, right? Can, can you teach me to salsa dance? Oh boy, don't try to do that without knowing. Have you ever tried to do a recipe for, say, Thanksgiving? And you've never done it before? Wow, that's a whole lot of pressure right there. See, the reality is that you can make something that you do not know how to make. In other words, if you and I want to answer the call of being a disciple and making disciples, unless you are a disciple, you cannot make another disciple. You cannot follow and obey the commandment of Jesus. A prerequisite is that you are a disciple. You can't make something you have forgotten how to make. Have you been there? Maybe your child comes, hey, daddy, can you help me do this? And you look like, wait, I think I know how to do that. You know, I remember when I was young, my mom, she would like to fix things around the house. And, uh, you know, we will every once in a while do like electricity, like wires and stuff, right? And, uh, you know, as a homeowner, every once in a while I need to fix things. And part of what I fix it's, uh, it's electricity. And do you think that I dare to touch those wires by saying, you know what? I, th I think that I know how to do this. I've had, had sparks, right, family? You've seen sparks come out. You know, I've had to call the brothers here. It's like, bro, before I, like, do something, like, am I doing this thing right? Right, Martin Rodriguez, are you here? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I've called him. You can ask him. You cannot make something that you, for, you have forgotten how to make. And you can try, but it won't go very far. You know, there was a group of people in the Bible who tried to do that. They were called the Pharisees. There was another name that was given to them. Hypocrites. You know, I, when I came to church... Uh, but the fir first time I, I said, you know, wow, I mean, who can live this way? Who can live this way? But then I started seeing. I started seeing it. I started seeing people live it. And for me, along with the teachings of the gospel was such an inspiration, such an encouragement, encouragement such a challenge. So 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, are you there? It says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. You know, before we can dream and have the vision that Jesus has to go into all nations and to make disciples, we need to realize that we ourselves 
We need to be living as disciples. Because we cannot call other people to be someone that we are not ourselves. Hey, so you're calling me to be, a, be perfect, Jose? No, I'm not calling you to be perfect, but I am calling you to give your best effort. Hey, so does it mean that I can be without sin? No, because uh, we need the grace of God, and he's helping us every day. But you know what? We need to give our best effort. Amen, church? So why should I give my best effort, you may ask? Jesus gave the best for me. Did Jesus give the very best to you? Did he? Amen, church? Jesus gave the very best for you. And it's only just, not only here, but here. Not only logical, but in our hearts. This is a sense of just being indebted. And we will never be able to pay him back. I understand that. But I'm going to give my very best. I'm going to give my very best effort. So follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Christ is the very reason why we do everything that we do. Are you able to say this, church? Are you able to say this, church? You know, are you able to say to someone else, say, you know what, follow me. Not because you're going to be following me, me. Not because you're going to be following what I believe and my good ideas. No, no, follow me because this is who I'm following. I'm following Jesus. See, I, I just want to be honest with the church because I love this church so much. Because if it wasn't for, for, for this church and the people that have been here fighting the good fight, battling many of you guys, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't believe that this could be true. But I've seen that we, we can do better. Amen, church? I mean, we're asking, we're asking to change this community. We want all nations around us in this very community. We're calling them to be disciples. But my question is, will they see disciples when they enter these doors? And I want to believe that they will. I want to believe that they will. But we can do better. Amen, church? I mean, when it comes to maybe just coming to church in the middle of the week, like this past Wednesday. Amen, church? I can be real, right? That's our tagline. Real life, God's way. That's life way. What, that is what life way is all about. Last Wednesday, I mean, this is awesome right here. It's full. Just like in our workshop. But when, when you come on, Sunday, on Wednesdays, when we meet all together, it's maybe half of us here. See, I, I want to bring my friends to church. But I want them to see that this is real. Amen, church? And it's, just, it's not about membership. I already talked about that, right? I love Costco, but you know. It's not about membership. This is the fruit of our followership. And I'm calling every disciple here, man. We got disciples in this room. I'm calling every disciple to give his or her very best. Amen, church? Because our Lord Jesus gave 
the very best for us. Amen, church? This year is about go and make disciples. Amen? Disciples are made. Disciples are made by other disciples. I love you, church, and have a great rest of your Sunday. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can I take a seat? <laughs>